Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. Hope you're all doing well this Tuesday, November 9, 2021. I hope everybody's getting into, you know, getting into the flow of the week, you know. A uh, lot to get into. As always, you can find all my content and any previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Amazon Music, and many more platforms. Also, you can check out Ardia.io. Search up Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. You'll find a lot of, of my NFL content from this offseason. And, of course, other things as well. So in today's episode, I'm gonna get into a couple of things. You know, I'm gonna talk a little bit of the NFL. Obviously, last night's game. Uh, get into what we saw in boxing this past weekend, as well as college football. Um, as you know, teams are hitting that stretch where they can be eligible for bowls and all that. And I'll get into some other things as well as we go along. So week nine concluded. Uh, last night with the Pittsburgh Steelers winning 29-27 and over the Chicago Bears. You know, it felt like the Pittsburgh Steelers were really in control of this game pretty much the entirety of the way. Um, you know, then they had a two-touchdown lead, which evaporated in the fourth quarter uh, once the Bears were able to get uh, a couple of uh, key stops and a key turnover um, I guess on a special teams play or a punt return play um, you know so things really changed quite a bit Justin Fields who you know didn't play so well early on kind of found himself in the fourth quarter and you know with Darnell Mooney and you know they made a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers who had Pretty much done a good job. Ben Roethlisberger had played really well and was playing well. And then you start seeing Chicago defense kind of get some stops. Although there were a lot of penalties yesterday in this game, and a couple of penalties you still, you know, question. Obviously, Robert Quinn had a couple of big penalties, well, offside ones. Um, but that taunting call that was made yesterday, I mean, these are the kind of penalties that. You know, people just really don't want to see, um, you know, affect the game. I mean, it, it extended the Steelers' drive, which allowed them to get a field goal out of that drive. But, you know, all the guy did was just make a sack and then just, like, spend a good amount of seconds just staring at the Pittsburgh Steelers' bench. And, you know, I think at that point, like, you know, then he obviously headed back and kind of bumped into the referee or, as people were saying on Twitter yesterday, hip-checked. <laughs> Um, but they, uh, you know, they drew a penalty which extended the drive, and those kind of calls you hate to see it. But the NFL did say taunting was going to be something they were going to enforce this season, whether people like it or not. And that player of the Chicago Bears, I mean, he obviously does, does the same thing. You know, he didn't say anything. It seemed like he just stared, just stared for quite a while. You know, on on that Steelers bench, and you know. He was just staring at them, uh, you know, and they gave him a penalty call for that. If I were him, I would just run off the field, but, you know, it happened, and it sucks, but, you know, the Bears still found a way to take a lead late, and then, you know, Big Ben, obviously, was able to find a couple of plays down the field, and, 
you know, penalties really hurt the Chicago Bears last night. Their defense just really gave up quite a bit. Um, you know, can't really put too much of that loss on Justin Fields. I mean, first half, probably, yeah. Second half, not so much. Um, but it was a game in which the Steelers just were able to get a big win. And, you know, I had started off my all my previews with the AFC North teams and I had said the Pittsburgh Steelers will not make the postseason. I'll still stand by that, but right now they're sitting at a pretty good spot, all things considered five and three. Uh I think they got the Lions coming up next week and then after that they hit a interesting stretch of games. Um so we're gonna find out. Obviously no team can be ruled out any given Sunday and every team's got a chance in the postseason pitcher. Uh but we're gonna find out a lot about the Pittsburgh Steelers and this AFC North race in a couple of weeks um and it's going to be really telling to see which team will emerges from the pack here um but a nice win for the pittsburgh steelers for chicago obviously another tough loss in which you know you obviously saw some good things saw some bad things um you know but you know there's a you know in a spot now where they really just need to be able to put together a, a string of victories you know they've definitely haven't been able to do so well and there's still obviously a young team that's growing with Justin Field and as he's starting to get more and more comfortable with you know this offense but you know the big question looms around Chicago is whether or not Matt Nagy will be brought back right will he be brought back after this season and if the Bears do finish with a respectable record will they be able to keep Matt Nagy that is a big question because obviously Justin Fields has play a little better I would say um, but if he has a new offensive quarter next year then things will be a little bit interesting how that transition will be so Matt Nagy's status is still yet to be uh, seen after this season for the Chicago Bears so now I want to transition and get into college football and week 10 what we saw um, obviously a lot of teams are trying to remain the playoff pitcher obviously the Playoff rankings are going to change quite a bit now because we're heading that hitting that point of the season where any kind of week the rankings will change and a lot did take place in week ten um, from a couple of teams that were uh, sitting sitting in a good spot and after this loss you know their chances took a little bit of a hit you know but it's still a long way to go and obviously the conference championship games are coming up that's going to be huge. Um, so let me get into a couple of the, you know, the results that took place in week 10. You know, number one, Georgia continued to be dominant in the winning ways. Georgia really hasn't played anybody other than the two teams they played earlier this season that were ranked. Right, they beat Clemson when they were ranked early on in the season. You know, they beat on our Kansas team, I believe. Um, but they just dominated their matchup against Missouri. Uh, so they, they got back to the quarterback, JT Daniels, and obviously... Quarterback Stenson, Stenson Bennett has played well in his absence, and Georgia hasn't missed a beat. They really have been dominant all the way through, you know, in beating like Auburn and Kentucky. To, they, they've been maybe a good three ranked teams probably on their schedule, but the matchup that everybody does want to see probably is them versus Alabama, and maybe we may or may get that matchup potentially. Uh, in the SEC conference championship game remains to be seen, although, but it could definitely it could definitely happen it, depending on how things kind of draw up. Uh, but Georgia was just too good, um, and they were able to just 
find themselves in another dominant blowout win um, on this past Saturday. Number two, Alabama uh, won a close one, uh, 20 to 14 over the LSU Tigers. LSU played surprisingly well. Obviously, we know that end of the season, Ed Orgeron will not be there anymore. Uh, LSU played very, very well. You know, they did some things offensively that allowed them to stay in this game. You know, they ran the football pretty well. They didn't let Alabama run any ball at all. I think it was probably Alabama's lowest running total of the season. Uh, I mean, but Bryce Young did a little bit more um, than the LSU quarterbacks did. Um, and they were just able to rely on that defense and rely on a couple of stops to get the victory. Um, you know, it wasn't pretty for Alabama, but, you know, they got it done um, by getting some good performances from their wide receivers and obviously Bryce Young. Um, just more of, you know, that defense kind of coming up and being being big time. I think they forced, like, a lot of penalties and... Um, you know, it was one of those games in which, you know, L- LSU and Alabama do have, like, those kind of games that can be low-scoring or pretty competitive, and this was one of them, but Alabama's going to win just because of how they've been able to be as an offense. Even when they're, like, trailing, they can still find a way to uh, win, and obviously when they play ahead with the lead, then they obviously are able to move the chain, so they got a win that was expected to be uh, a win for them as they continue to march on and try to stay in the top four of the college football playoff rankings. Number three, Michigan State went down. That was this was the biggest upset of this past Saturday. Michigan State went down to Purdue. Then the final score was 40 to 29. I mean, Purdue really brought it in this game. They played extremely well. Um, you know, just being able to convert a little bit better down the stretch of this game. Um, you know, Michigan State obviously did get a good game from Kenneth Walker, but, you know, Purdue obviously just has had a pretty good season. You know, they've won a couple of good teams this season, and they just kind of stayed with Michigan State in this game. He kind of matched them score for score and was able to get a couple opportunities late to, like, convert. You know, looking at this game, I mean, Michigan State did have a couple of turnovers, and Purdue just did a good job of kind of controlling the, the tempo, or the pace, right, converting on key key downs in this game. Um, but more importantly, Michigan State's defense, you know, they kind of had a tough one in this one where you know, Purdue got obviously a lot of things going in the second half and uh, was able to really put their impression on this game. So Michigan State with this loss, I mean, their hopes are not totally over for the college football playoffs. They still probably are going to be, you know, have a chance at it. But they're going to have to do, obviously, win out and hope that they can get into a favorable matchup where they can, like, show that they, you know, to the committee that they deserve to be part of the, uh, you know, decision-making for the rankings. Um, you know, but it was a tough one for Michigan State because considering how they had, obviously, won against Michigan last week and then going on the road and losing to a Purdue team that did play well. But there were a couple of spots that uh, Michigan State needed to step up, and they did not, and they ended up losing this one. Number five, Ohio State won 26-17 over Nebraska. Uh, Ohio State obviously um, has been able to win a couple of you know close games here now, obviously against Penn State last week, and now this one on the road against Nebraska. 
CJ Stroud played just well enough uh, for the Buckeyes. Their defense obviously made some things happen. Um, you know, they converted some opportunities more and more. Um, Nebraska just really started off slow in this game. They really started off slow, and they, they couldn't really make it a game until later. And you know, so it was just more of a tempo. And Ohio State just doing what they're doing in terms of their passing game and their ability to just hit the big play more than Nebraska did in this game. And then I'm gonna cap it off with this one. Number nine, Wake Forest, obviously was kind of surging up the standings with their you know their wins, and they were in the top ten. But Wake Forest went down uh, uh, to UNC, the North Carolina Tar Heels, 58-55. There were a lot of points in this game, a lot of back and forth. Sam Howell played. Tyson uh, Tyson Chandler, the running back for the North Carolina Tar Heels, had a huge game on the ground. I think he had almost four touchdowns or so on the ground. It was a huge running performance by North Carolina I mean, it was a back-and-forth game. Wake Forest obviously had their momentum going, so they North Carolina. The Tar Heels got their biggest win of the season, uh, you know, dashing the hopes of Wake Forest, who had started to really emerge in the top 10 after you know, winning some games in a row and being undefeated. Uh, but North Carolina you know, definitely played well. They brought the energy, um, and they got a big win on the season. So you look at... The college football playoff landscape. I mean, it's really coming down to obviously some teams have already, um, you know, got their eligibility for the bowl games coming up. Um, you know, Cincinnati obviously and Oregon, those two teams also won respectively this weekend. Um, you know, they got it done, uh, not by a huge margin, but they got the victory done. So I expect Cincinnati. Uh, to kind of be in the top four. Alabama might be there as well. Oklahoma's an interesting one. Uh, how does the community does, does, does decide? Michigan State will not obviously be in the top four of the rankings this week probably if they released it. Um, but, you know, you just look at the one loss teams that are there. You know, you have Alabama um, and you have Cincinnati. These two teams are the two teams that should get in. Um, but it all comes down to how well do some of the other teams play behind them. Because Ohio State is surging, right? Ohio State is surging. You can't rule out Michigan State. You can't rule out Oregon just yet. Um, so there are a lot of teams that are, that are surging. I think that Georgia is definitely a lock as of this moment for the college football playoffs. Everybody else remains to be seen considering how things will play out. Because this is a scenario where if Alabama, right, loses... In the SEC championship game, let's say they lose the SEC championship game, and let's say that you know Oklahoma and Cincinnati finish out right and win the conference. I don't see Alabama getting in, especially if Michigan State or Michigan run the table. So it's going to come down to obviously the committee deciding which teams really had the signature wins of the season, which team looked good. You know, if Alabama plays a competitive game, let's say and the SEC championship game, you know, then things might change. So there's a lot of implications, a lot of factors going into these rankings going forward. And that's why I'm excited really fun around this season for college football because there's a lot of different scenarios and predicaments and factors that go into the decision-making for college football, you know, in the playoffs, the 14th playoff field. And we're about to find out which teams are really going to get the, the bad end of it. But it should be, obviously, a good one 
nonetheless, you know, how things kind of go. It should be obviously a lot of competition, a lot of chaos. Hopefully, more and more as we get closer to the end of the college football uh, regular season and start bowl season. So in this next segment, I just want to get into a little bit of the NBA games we saw yesterday, as well as talking about what happened in boxing. Um, you know, obviously things are heating up everywhere, and actually I think college basketball uh, season starts off tonight. Uh, I think Kentucky and Duke are in action head-to-head. You got Kansas, Michigan State, Ohio State, Villanova, a lot of you know, promising teams in action, so... Looks like the college basketball season is kicking off very soon, so even more things to kind of watch out for to go forward. So, yesterday, a couple of games I want to get into the NBA. Uh, the Chicago Bulls uh, won 118 to 95 over the Brooklyn Nets. The Bulls improved to 7 and 3. The Nets dropped 7 and 4. You know, felt like a game that the Bulls obviously were really looking forward to playing. You know, just considering how they've been able to start this season off with the chemistry that DeMar DeRozan has been able to show with Levine. Uh, obviously, this Bulls team is looking to make a push. And, you know, 11, 10 games, 11 games in, you know, kind of seeing them start to play and really do good at the scoring. They're definitely going to be a high-scoring team this season. question, obviously, will be can they keep their defense going in the right spots. But in this game, DeMar DeRozan had 28 points, Levine with 24. And the Bulls just really pulled away in the fourth quarter. They had 42 points um, as a team. You had rookie Io, I think DeSamu scored 15 points off the bench. You know, overall, the Bulls dominated in the paint. You know, they scored a lot of points in the paint. They out-rebounded the, the Brooklyn Nets. And for the Nets, obviously, the only two leading scorers were Kevin Durant and... Marcus Aldridge, James Harden, not the kind of game that you expect them to have. Obviously, he's still trying to figure out things, still with all the things that have been you know, going against him. But, you know, Joe Harris didn't play that well, nor did Blake Griffin or Patty Mills. So the Nets are getting their games where the Nets are getting good production from their bench, other games that are not getting good production from their bench. And it continues to be something that they have to really figure out uh, as they try to, you know, make this roster work. Um, but Chicago got a good time win yesterday, and they obviously are heading in the right direction um, in terms of the home games they've been able to win. And going forward now, we'll see if they can keep it keep it up. We can see more of Lonzo Ball pick up the scoring pace as well. Uh, the Denver Nuggets won 113-96 over the Miami Heat. Now, this game got really chippy uh, and kind of sour towards the end because, you know, I think, I think it was Markeith Morris, one of the Morris brothers, you know, committed a foul on Nikola Jocic, uh, I think at half court when he was about to shoot something. And Jocic in response, like, you know, shoved him and, you know, shoved him to the ground. Or, you know, he pretty much landed in a pretty bad spot on the ground. Um, so, obviously, Jimmy Butler, the, I mean, he weren't happy about that. There were obviously a lot of things talked about and reported afterwards about, you know, them waiting for the necklace in the hallway and all that. Obviously, it wasn't the best judgment for Nikola Jocic. Um, you know, he had a big game, no doubt, but that wasn't a smart thing to do. He is most likely going to be missing a couple of games probably for this 
Um, you know, but to the game itself, I mean, you know, it wasn't a you know a, that great of a game for uh, you know everyone except Jimmy Butler. I mean, Adebayo did okay. Hero had a rough night. The Heat didn't really play that well. They got beat out uh, out hustled quite a bit. In this game, in in Denver, Will Barton at 25 points. You had Morris with 14. Marcus Morris with 14 points. You know, so Denver just played much more better in stretches throughout this game and really took Miami's shooting out of it. You know, Butler only had 31 points, but everybody else not so much, not much of a factor at all in this game. And then you have the Golden State Warriors who continue to win. Um, and they won last night 127 to 113 of the Atlanta Hawks. Steph Curry dropping 50 points, 10 assists. Uh, obviously, he reminded Trey Young and the NBA of, you know, how great especially he, he usually is when he has his kind of matchups, you know, head to head against some of the point guards. And Curry's shooting pretty well. This team is playing really well. Now, they've had a couple of easy wins, although. On their schedule, and they haven't really played anybody since the Lakers on opening night. They have been getting it done offensively, playing good defense, and you know they're getting healthy. Obviously, more and more Clay Thompson is supposed to be come back probably. You know, so Golden State is looking formidable right now, but we're only ten games in, and they're a long ways away from being considered a favorite to win the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. Um, you know, so but overall, you're just seeing some really good production from. This Golden State Warriors team. As for Atlanta, you know, Trey Young obviously is going to continue to shoot at a hot rate. It's about everybody else, you know, Cam Reddish, Danilo Gallinari, you know, those guys have to step it up because they didn't do so last night as much as they should have. Um, as, a, as a result, as a result, you know, the Hawks weren't able to keep pace as the game waned on. So now I want to transition to talking about boxing and. I want to talk about Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Plant, who squared off this past weekend. And Canelo defeated Caleb Plant to become the undisputed super super middleweight champion. Uh, A really great uh, fight overall, but you know, but Canelo was able to really close it out well with obviously a barrage of shots, and you know he did knock down Caleb Plant in the eleventh round, which gave him the victory. You know, in terms of, you know, this fight, obviously it was a lot of hyped up. There was a lot of bad blood between both campaigns. But, you know, Alvarez just did what he always does. You know, he picked his spots. He was more effective as the fight wore on. Landed more punches, more power. Um, just really, you know, paced this fight to his style in a very methodical way. Really giving uh, Caleb Plant some trouble in a lot of these rounds as they went on. And... Canelo's has been really doing very, very well in terms of just how he's able to adapt to each type of fight. And, you know, most likely he will face Triple G again. He may have another opponent down the line. But this was a really good fight. Caleb Plant had a good chance. Just wasn't able to execute in some spots. Need a little more better of a finish in the early rounds of this fight. Uh, but Canelo, you know, got it done with his experience, with his ability to just kind of maneuver and be aggressive when needed. Uh, he just took care of business. Um, and that really comes down to some of these fights. It comes down to obviously style points and the way you're able to approach your fighter. And Canelo really uh, took a decade plan a lot in this fight. And, um, you know, sits now with, you know, after unifying all these titles, sitting pretty well in a good spot going forward for some other fights down the line. 
Um, so that was impressive to see overall, and I think Canelo will definitely be in line for some more big fights. He's still got a lot, lot left, left in the tank still going forward, so we'll see what he's able to do. But it was uh, obviously a big week for both fighters, and Caleb Plant, despite the loss, will still have opportunities to really bounce back and get back on track and be better the next time he has a fight scheduled.